This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the W12 podcast. Um, we're on episode three of the season. Um, just want to start by thanking everyone for listening to the last pod. Um, re- record-breaking numbers um, after a 4-0 defeat is quite mad. Um, like, like we say, misery, like company. So, look, quick thanks thanks for everyone listening to the feedback. It's really great. Um, but this week, we wanted to jump on and do a podcast because we, we've got a lot of positive stuff to get through, which... For us lads on the podcast has been um, non-existent and, and we feel like we're repeating the same sort of stuff every week. So if I have some good stuff to talk about, lads, it's going to be good. I want to see some smiling faces. Yeah, some happy comments. Yeah. <laughs> um, just quickly, industry we've got on the pod today. We've got Duncan, we've got Chris and we've got Ollie. Proper um, stallions of the pods have been on for a while. Ollie, welcome back, mate. Good to be back, mate. And a positive return as well, which is lovely. Yes. You love a negative a negative view, so it'd be good to get a nice positive view from you today, mate. Yeah, it feels a bit alien, but I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Lads, we all all right? Yeah, all good. Like, buzzing after the weekend, couldn't believe it. Yeah, so... no, very, uh, yeah, very happy that your mood on a Saturday... Saturday evening is so much more like just so much more enjoyable after a win, like, <laughs> especially for a win that you don't you know, feel is coming. Yeah, <laughs> after the week that everybody had and the overall kind of negativity and the therapy session that everyone experienced on the pod last week. Uh, Honestly, yeah, everything is it is mad, isn't it? When you get a win, like and you're going out and you're seeing people, and you, like your hellos are just so much better, and like you can be bothered <laughs> to talk to people, and like you know, just everything's just you know happy, isn't it? Oh yeah, that person that like the small talk in work meetings. I'm sure we all were happy to do those at nine o'clock this morning, whereas last Monday, <laughs> absolutely no chance. And the amount of people who would have mentioned the Watford game last week compared to QPR's win this week, yeah, different level, complete. Yeah, so quickly getting into Saturday then. Um, it, what, I, what I wanted to quickly talk about, great result, obviously, and we'll get stuck into that in a second, was, was probably more around Ainsworth and his approach to the game. I listened to his, and I'm sure you all have, his, his post-match interview. It sounded like, and I don't know 
who he's had this conversation with, but it sounds like he's been in a dark room trying to figure out how and what he needs to do. And he's had this conversation or with lots of people and he's sort of come to terms with having to change the formation, change his approach, maybe even change the conversations or what he's asking the players to do. Um, and that was quite evident on Saturday, especially with the formation. Um, but it worked. Um, it, I guess it, I always find it's really difficult for, for Gareth Fraser because how does he how does he make us more solid, but also make us more of an attacking threat? It's such a difficult thing. When you've got one or the other, you can maybe make some tweaks. But when you need to do two, I can't imagine leading up to that game. It must be really difficult in how he sets up. Um, but yeah, no, I don't know if anyone else thought that. But it, you know, the, the the formation changed with with sort of it was it kind of changed with and without the ball. We looked a lot more solid. Yeah. Um, Dykes dropped back in, which I thought was great because he works much harder in that ten than anyone else. So he's always you know, he's always working hard, and he can link up the play better by winning headers and knocking balls on. Where when he's the furthest forward winning headers, you rely on someone to be fast, do you know what I mean, to get in behind him. But if he's already yeah. deeper, you've got Armstrong behind. I think that worked really well as well. And I actually think Cardiff weren't prepared for that. No, they probably um, like, they probably thought, great, we are playing, well, every Tom, Dick and Harry wanted to say we're the worst team in the league last week. Probably even we said it. Um, Clive even mentioned, he was like, we look like a really poor League One team, which, yeah, wasn't, wasn't wrong last week. But, he tweaked, he tweaked a lot of stuff. Um, it's interesting just you bringing up exactly what you're saying there, Ben. Everybody remembers like when we when we were really rubbish defensively under Warburton. What did he do? He went three at the back. Suddenly, then like we looked more solid, and yet we could still do things. Um, so it's interesting how we kind of flip between these um, formations. Suddenly, you go three at the back. You look a lot more solid. Um, do you think? Kakai put him in his best position. Chair was in a better position for him, kind of more of a, a roaming role, at least able to get on the ball more. The point you make about Dykes drops in, but then how do you manage to be defensively solid and still have an attacking threat? Well, the answer is pace. Pretty much every podcast we talked about on last season, we were like, what are we missing? We're missing pace. We had two rapid players there on Saturday starting. That gives you an attacking threat. Well, I, don't, I, I want to come in with my first, like, this is my only little bit of negative. I want to get it done dusted so I can keep the positive going. So I want to get the negative out of the way first and then go back to being positive. Why didn't you end on the negative? Well, carry on. Because my negative is about how Cardiff played, actually. And I was so shocked at how awful Cardiff were for the first half that actually it made us look a little bit better than we maybe were. Because we still weren't at our fluid best. Like, yeah, but, but was Cardiff was so terrible. But I, I, part of me feels like they didn't watch our highlights against Watford. They didn't have anyone checking the game out because they did nothing that Watford did against us. Do you know what I mean? So I kind of, it kind of their tactics and their system kind of played into our hands. And it felt that like the game was always comfortable in that first half. But like you said, I'm being positive. It was down to us. The tactics were spot on. <laughs> uh, that's it my leg is gone so yeah I just kind of felt that like we said like everyone seemed to be playing in a more natural way against Cardiff like, like we said Ozzy was in that kind of going back into that back three which made him more comfortable we had Cook an actual proper centre back 
there organising the defence, a leader on the pitch, makes a massive difference. Like we had um, Smith down the wing was unbelievable. That first half, especially, he caused Cardiff so many problems. Like, the, like there's so many positives to take from the game. I think a lot of that is down to the formation because I think at Watford it was that one pass that was doing us over every single time, wasn't it? That where more box was, for example, um, against Watford, it was that area, and I think that formation change completely cut out that option for Cardiff and I think they probably come into it thinking that it wouldn't be much different but um, you know credit to I think do you know what? there's not a single person that I could have said didn't really do that well other than Adoma but um, <laughs> sorry uh, no but you know I think the, the back the back five has always and will always be better when you haven't got a particularly strong defence and I think we played to everyone's strength Ozzy is genuinely not a bad player in a back five I think Morgan Fox is excellent. I think Steve Cook solidified it. I thought, do you know, and this is a big. I thought Dazel looked miles better when he had that more support behind him as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll talk about Dazel later because I've got a, a, a different view on him. But we're we're, we're in the pod now. Um, <laughs> positive, positive. <laughs> um, Ollie Armstrong loving all over up the R's. Obviously, we're all delighted that he scored his goal. I mean, I don't think anyone would have wanted anyone else to score. And when he, I've watched the video on repeat all weekend. I don't mm-hmm. know what added this interview. <laughs> um, but let's hope this is the start of... He terrorised their defence, didn't he? I, mean, I don't even think he was at full... I still think he was a bit oh. nervous. And I still think he was a bit weary and a bit like... Wasn't, do you know what I mean? I don't think he was full... Armstrong at any point, really. How can you say he was nervous when how, the, the composure for the second goal? Like, he didn't panic. He got in the box. He, he completely stopped the yeah. defender. And he took, like, that. what it felt like about 20 seconds. It wasn't. It was about two or three seconds. Composure. <laughs> yeah, picked the perfect pass. Powell bangs it in. Like, it was how great. can you say he was nervous? Like, he looked the, like a seasoned pro there. Yeah, there. But he's just scored a goal, right? He's having a good game, right? The nerves have gone right by that point. You you get you get him doing. He would be doing that in the first ten minutes. But that's what I'm saying, right? Now he's got that goal, and he's got that really good half in him, and he's you know that's what you're going to get. That's you know that's what he can do. That's what I he actually, can always yeah. do. That's what I was going to say. I I think actually, uh, you know, despite people saying it, oh, it's only one goal, it's one goal. It's not. That is the confidence boost that he needed. You know, that goal is what propelled him on forward into the second half. I don't think he would have. You know, I don't think he would have had the confidence to take on that defender, hold it off and wait for Powell if he hadn't got that goal. This genuinely, and you know, obviously I love him. I've been tweeting it every five minutes. But, you know, he, if he has that confidence in him, he could be serious this season. We talk about Raw. If that goal propels him on, he could seriously cause issues. Because down that wing, he was running that O'Dowder about like he was a school kid. It was absolutely crazy. He's a special, and and this interview, I mean, we could just unbelievable. Yeah, I think the yeah. point on that that breakaway, like you're saying, the confidence from the goal meant he didn't like get past the defender. And he's like, right, I'm going to shoot from any any silly angle here because I'm I'm desperate for that goal. He was then like, okay, I've got. Obviously, he doesn't process this in the in the moment. Think, oh, I've already scored, so I won't shoot here. But yeah, the maturity that bit. He obviously had an incident maybe five minutes before that, I think, where he took a shot where he probably shouldn't have done. I think Chair said said something to him like, look, just keep the ball moving too far out, that kind of thing. But 
yeah, I think all of us who were watching that when when he was over the ball were like, just find the right pass. And then from the angle you had on the camera, it never looked like there was a, a pass on. You could only see Dykes. Right. He lays the ball across and you're thinking, right, someone has to be there because that's a perfect cutback. And then Kenny Power was. I thought it was chair. When I was watching it live, I thought it's... Yeah. Yeah. But... Logical for him to be bombing forward, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You said you watched the video, Chris, about how far and quick where he'd come from it didn't feel like someone said it didn't feel that long did it but actually it was quite a long time that he held on to the ball yeah and there was a yeah um, I can't remember the account but someone took like took the two goals from a Cardiff flogger who was behind the behind that goal that we were attacking in the second half um, and yeah if you I can try and find the video so that the pod account can tweet it out later but the um, yeah just kind of keep your eye on Kenneth Powell because he sort of comes out of nowhere. The defender has to come across to Dykes, leaves Powell wide open. Um, but that's what we need. Like we can't just be like, okay, Armstrong's running with the ball. We're we're one nil up. Okay, cool. Well, we'll let him do that, and the rest of us will stay solid. No, you need to like the right people need to be pushing on. But again, kind of go back to Powell's playing left wing back. He has the confidence to bomb on, knowing he's got more cover at the back, etc. So it was such a contrast to Powell at Watford because he didn't seem to have any of that confidence to kind of take a man on or get upfield or anything. Yeah. So like we said, like the formation change freed him up that little bit to be able to go, I'm joining the attack. I'm getting up there. I'm going to make up the numbers. Yeah, I think I think he got it wrong, didn't he, at Watford, Gareth Ainsworth. I, 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 you know, I don't know whether in-house as well, something happened, but definitely the structure and how we set up was really poor. And um, I think he knew he had to do something. I think he, the problem is, is we all want him to do well, don't we? We all want him to win. I was delighted for him on Saturday, getting the result and, and him having a positive formation change. It would be easy for him to keep plugging away at what he wants us to do, right? And trying to make us play the, you know, the way what he's been trying to do, I guess, for the past sort of three or four months. So for him to completely change it and for it to work. Saying, I mean... It's frustrating, though, how we were still hanging on at the end. Do you know what I mean? Considering how well we played for 75 minutes. I think the problem was, wasn't it? We put everything into that first 70, 75 minutes. And I think that they were just yeah. knackered. And this new extra time thing is just becoming a bit of a joke. There was like, never 10, I mean, 10 was, minutes. No, 10 minutes is extreme. Like, okay, there's, there's like stoppages for a few subs. I don't remember us celebrating the goal for that long. Like... I just like it's like these players, as much as like they used to play in 90 minutes with these breaks in it, they're now adding five minutes at half time, 10 minutes, adding 15 to 20 minutes on a game. It's like they're playing extra time every week. It's only going to be detrimental for the players and the game in the long run. Yeah, it's it's, it's a strange rule, and, and ultimately, like that's and, and obviously, we we can't complain because there will be times where. That extra ten minutes will be the reason why we get an equaliser or we get a winner. But at the same time, you know where they found ten minutes from is beyond me. And had we have conceded and taken a draw, we'd all be furious because ultimately there was not ten minutes. He pulled that straight out of something, and it weren't real. It was ridiculous. Yeah, in these first few weeks, every every game will be that number to the extreme to then yeah. try and find like a sort of happy happy medium where it's like. Okay, six becomes the new four minutes added on, and like that, that number will decrease because obviously they want 
they want it to be like look if you waste time or if we feel like you're wasting time which honestly I didn't think I thought Begovic could have taken way longer on yeah, goal I kicks and all that, that stuff obviously he knows now there's no advantage to doing that so I'm not it's a waste of time I think it's, this rule change the thing that annoys me the most is that teams that have got a big squad of quality players are always going to have the advantage because there's t- there was like the say like Burnley last year we had to really shit house that to get that result to keep us up and if that had been this rule change that was last year we would have played about 20 30 minutes extra time because of how yeah. often we were like kicking the ball out and time wasted and doing everything but that's how you sometimes win a game if you can't beat the team at football actually playing it on the deck and actually outplaying a team you have to find other ways to win games it's making it now you can't do that i saw the stat though that there's not been in the first two games of the season in the 90th minute there's still uh, there was hardly any difference in 90 minute goals from last season the first two games i mean look i'm not saying what i mean is that if you can get to, if you can still do a bit of shouser even like a bit of time wasting get into the 90th minute i know that the, the minutes will be high right but in the 90th minute teams are panicking aren't they you know not you know not taking that extra pass they're you know lobbing it in the box and stuff like that what kind of stuff you want to be do- you want if there's that many minutes and you've been doing that do you know what i mean yeah so I, think, I-, I think yeah the, the only thing that worries me about is there are going to be teams you know like middlesbrough like southampton leeds all these clubs that are going to by the end of the transfer window, they're going to have these stacked squads. And when it's 10 minutes at a time, they'll have two subs left and they'll bring on two pace absolutely. units. And they'll absolutely yeah. obliterate the likes of Kai, uh, like Adoma, etc., who's played a full game, for example. It's, yeah, I mean, but we can't complain. It could work in our favour and against this. It's, it's, yeah, that's how it is. Just just one quick one, as I don't know if anyone else wanted to pick up, uh, pick, pick up on it and talk about it. But I, I know it's one thing in, in Ainsworth's interview at the end was is the cook influence. And what he was doing in the dressing room and talking, and he was the vocal one. He's only been there for two days, so to do that, just it kind of feels like I get what he's trying to do in relation to the experienced heads in there. You've got Fox, you've got Begovic, you've got Colback, all sort of know each other as well. They've always got that relationship. Kind of feels a lot better from a season pro perspective than last season already. Um, obviously, we might I don't know maybe lacking a little bit more quality than last season in relation to players, but that experience. Definitely seems to be evident. I don't know anyone else's views. Yeah, I think we, if, if anything, you look at the players that we have lost, it, I, I do think in general we have lacked experience until we've had someone like that come in. I mean, you look at Cookies, had however many Premier League games, Championship games, we haven't got many players. Stefan Johansson was, was that player for us. And ultimately, you look at the outfield. And without Begovic, it was really only Morgan Fox that's got that experience, isn't it? So I, I think Ains have probably got him in and said, make your name evident from the second you get in. It's like, I get it, but like we're saying like, Chair's played however many seasons now, championship level, Dykes has. Like, there's other players in this squad that have made appearances. Like, like we just lack actual characters of leadership, leadership not so much. Yeah. Like we've got teams like players that have played numerous games, internationals, everything. So it was just more the personality, isn't it? Yeah, age yeah. as well. Like chair and and dice, both what twenty five, twenty seven, something like that. I suppose it, having someone in thirties. It, it's what you do, though, isn't it? Like you know, you're not chair's not going to 
lift you up in the night if you know in the 80th mm. minute to tell everyone to cheer everyone up and get everyone going or shouting in the dressing room. I don't know. I can't imagine him doing that. You know, as much as he might be one of those leaders on the pitch, maybe with his skill and ability. I don't know. I always feel like he still need a bit more as a character. I don't know though. I think he would, I think he'd still say stuff, but it's not it's not the same level. Um going back to the kind of yeah, it's that it's your character and your your personal traits over age. And I'm going to bring up like one of the best players in the world here, but like Jude Bellingham, everybody who talks about him says he already has all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're looking at, I mean, in the, in the world cup, you could see he is the future England captain and you could see that at like 19 years old. Now that's, um, that's one individual. I'm not saying right. Armstrong, you suddenly got to look like that, but it, yeah. Age doesn't kind of determine that, but I think we knew that, last season didn't we we were like where is the where are the characters where is the leadership in this whole squad so then when so Ainsworth would have seen the same thing as soon as he walked in the door right who are these people that I can um fully get on board who are the I mean how often do we talk back to that like 2014 right you've got like Birch and Rollins Gallon etc we're going we need players like that or we need a Clinton Hill we need a Sean Derry so we're going back to 2004 and 2011 to go, those are the kind of people we need. Now, yeah, Cook's been here one game, done great. Not saying he's going to be like a Clint Hill, but from the outside, you'd be like, he looks a good bet to be that kind of person. And that's why when you are, like, we're going to finish bottom six still. We're going to, this is a positive pod. That's where we're <laughs> going to finish. But there are teams in this league that stay up because they have that, those kind of traits. They can work out how to win games. They can do enough, but they have the kind of the intangibles on the football pitch to to get through. Yeah, Warnock teams. Yeah, I mean, Rob Dickey would have would have wanted to play along. It'll be what I mean is Fox was much better on Saturday, I think, because he's got someone like Cook right next to him. Rather, do you know what I mean? Someone who could orchestrate the defense. Same, same with. Um, well, same with all all five of the defence, really. But I think that we'll be better with him there, and we we and we could have done with him sort of the end of last season. A figure like that in the centre half, because I, I don't know what happened to Balogun. He just sort of fell fell to pieces, didn't he? Yeah, twat. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, but I'd imagine he was doing that at the start of the season under the bill, right? He was doing that. He was being that type of character, you know. But I don't know what happened. You know, loads happened, I guess, but. Um, we weren't too well last season too much. Um, yeah. No, I was just going to say, obviously, like we um, we said last season how many times that none of our centre-backs were organisers, were leaders. Obviously, with, with mm-hmm. Balogun missing so much of the season, like Jimmy Dunn doesn't seem to have that. Dickie didn't seem to have that. Clark Salter was never there. So we didn't have a Steve Cook kind of presence at the back to be like, there's your man, there's your man. Like, do you know what I mean? So it's good to have him in. I just hope that not all our signings are 32 year olds plus. <laughs> it, it, it's because it needs to be more than just your own game, which is where it's going to be done falls down. He's got all the right characteristics, I think, to be a captain or to be someone of a leader. But I always feel like he, he needs to concentrate on his own game as much, <laughs> so much that he can't be worried about everyone else. I don't know. I think if he lacks a bit of concentration here because he's focusing on. I don't know, you might not get the best Jimmy done, um, but he's obviously out now for a few months, which I think we all do for quite a while. Um, yeah, very unfortunate. But yeah, I mean, last season, if we think how poor Rob Dickey was, 
that's going to impact Dunn's performance because he's always panicking, basically. Got this guy next to me, like, is a mistake waiting to happen at the moment? I've got to be, I've got to have half my eye over here in terms of what Dickie's got going on. And like you said, therefore doesn't concentrate on his own game. So in theory, I, I feel he would have, when he's fit and playing, he'll look a lot better alongside Cook than he has done before because he's got someone solid next to him or keep talking to him and he doesn't need to worry that Cook's going to have um, well slip over and stumble <laughs> on the ball or whatever. Um, well, that don't don't jinx him. him. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. When, when you think of, you know, it, I know it's a big ask, but when Clark Salter is fit and, and, and Dunn's fit, you look at that back line and actually it looks pretty solid at the end of the day. We need a right back ultimately, but you look at the 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 defenders that we have like Cook, fit Cook, Dunn, Clark, Salter, Fox, Paul. That's not bad at Championship level at all. Um, but obviously, you know, if one one gets fit, the other gets injured. So it'll probably be three of them fit all season. The rest of them out. I I listened. To, I I read a really interesting tweet actually, and I didn't completely agree with it, but I did to a certain extent. Was actually, if you look. For, the reason why we are thinking the way we are is because we've had two horrendous defeats, right? A really poor pre-season relations results. But if you look man for man, we're still missing a couple, which is where I disagree. But we could end up at the end of August with a better team. If you look at it, like Begovic, Dieng, you know, we really do you know, cook in the centre field instead of Balogun. You know, we need a right back, agree, Ollie. Um, but Paul back, I think, is going to be much better in that centre field. I know we missed yeah. Tim, but he was never really that type of the player. But I think, you know, I don't know. I, I think, mean, Smith could surprise I, us. Ainsworth told us he would, and he could. I, think it's, I, I, I get your point, but I've, based on pure ability-wise, obviously going forward last year, we had Ilias, Chrissy Willer, Tyler Roberts on ability, not fitness, Jamal Lowe. Like, we had a, those kind of established names that would put, like, fear into any most defenders. At the minute, we're potentially losing Chrissy Willock. We could still lose Ilias. And depending who we get in to replace them, our front yeah. four, five is Dykes, Armstrong, Kelman, Smith. <laughs> like, that doesn't fill me with massive confidence if that's what we're left with. Well, Kelman's off, and he likely. Yeah. I, I think it will look different. My point is, it will look slightly different come the end of August. Appreciate now that maybe we, we are light in a few areas. I think everyone knows that, but we don't have any funds to get anyone in. And we're relying heavily on Chris Willock and or someone else leaving, right? I think there's, I don't know whether he was or wasn't injured. You know, <laughs> apparently he was. I don't know. There, but there's I no don't chance the Chrissy Willock was injured. No, but I don't blame if it's the club's decision, which I think it would have been. It wouldn't have been his decision. I don't, I don't, I would, but he's one of our assets that we're probably going to sell. And if, if the rumors be believed that it's 1.52 million odd that we could get for him. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Get that, but why not? The cl- why don't the club be transparent about it? It's not a ta- doesn't give us a tactical advantage him not playing. So why aren't they ob- like, like clearing office and just say, look, we've had a bid from an unnamed club, so we've left Chrissy out of the squad this weekend because his head's been turned. You don't you know I mean? hear that, though, do you? Yeah, I, I know, mean, but he's, he's picked up down. a knock. And then literally the same day, there's a like it's leaked that we've had. There's a bid been accepted for him, or there's a bid coming in for him, whatever. Like it's just, yeah. just like why can't they just tell us the truth? Like it's well, not like that, they're getting yeah, advantage sorry. from him playing. That's what they did with Far- for Farino, didn't they? The Wickham um, boss said in his interview that um, that when we bid for Farino, that his head's been turned, so he wasn't involved. So I mean, that if we had that. The way that they did, I think there would be more transparency. But ultimately, you know, we don't know what the situation is. We could be all overreacting. He's actually injured and he might sign a new contract, but I doubt it. <laughs> we just, yeah, it's, it's dodgy to assume, isn't it? But when a QPR transparent. Chris, what do you think, mate? What, what's your view? Didn't really have a problem with it, to be honest. I don't, modern football, it doesn't. I know you bring up the Farina example. I just think that's sort of one in a thousand. Like, the, the the possible I guess negatives of the club coming back. Basically, let's let's say they're in negotiation about a fee, right? If we then put out our basically words to that extent, we're in negotiation and he's not in the right headspace. There's an element to which is that puts Burr in a stronger position or whoever's bidding for him that suddenly mm-hmm. um we could potentially get less money, less just a worse position in terms of the negotiation for me. Like we didn't, the way we played Saturday, didn't miss him. Um, yeah, the game could have been completely different, but I think it's, Devers really felt like Ainsworth has faith in him, either from a fitness point of view or like a buy-in mentality. So if you don't have that, there's an element to which not going, to, not going to say he's the scapegoat, but I kind of want to go down that path that Ainsworth almost needs to identify someone and go, look, he's got amazing talent in this team, but we're in a position where we have to sell, one, but two, if he's not going to buy into everything I want you you lot to do, then you're not going to play for me. And that's why he was brought on for a minute at Watford to send a... I mean, I think it's a bit of a pathetic message, to be honest, but that's... That's the kind of thing managers have to do. So everybody else is like, shit, that can happen to Chris Willock, like the second best player in this squad. Dave Mack said on on Twitter that he was going to play Saturday. That was the plan a week. Versus Cardiff. He was going to play. He was supposed to play. Um, He is is injured and he was supposed to play. Um, Now, which makes me think then that what was was the plan? The plan wasn't for Dykes to drop deeper. It was for Willock to... What, was he going to? Do you know what I mean? Like, was he was he going to play where Armstrong, where Dykes was, and Dykes going to play where Armstrong? Do you know what I mean? How is that going to? Because to me, in the formation that we set up, I don't see how Chris Willett fits in that. It was difficult. I think that part of the cynic in me wants to think that there was somebody in the club saying we've had a massive backlash from the fans from this horrendous Watford result. 
you've got to start Chrissy Willock next game. All the fans are fuming. He wasn't had. A, he's not featured. We need to try and get him in the team. He's one of our best players. It kind of feels there was that that conversation had at the club between someone and Ainsworth, in my opinion. If that kind of thing happens at our club, we've got serious issues, though. <laughs> Like yeah. beyond what we'd actually do have. Because if people are react like that's going back to the Fernandez, okay, cool. What a QPR Twitter saying about who I should bring in as manager, cool, I'll do that. Like <laughs> we ultimately like whether you accept it or not, to go, Angel, you've got control over everything here. No one behind the scenes is gonna tell you who you should, shouldn't be playing, blah de blah. Um yeah, I've kind of you spoke about it last week, but if you think everything we did in pre-season, Willock's fitness is great, like playing him every game. Shop window, positive talk. This guy is a great player. He's going to get back to where he needs to be. So any interested party, you're going to have to pay a decent fee, not half a million pound because actually he's crocs and we don't really want him anymore. Um, yeah, you've got to build up your asset. If, if, if a bid of 1.52 million comes in, you sell, right? You have to. No, we, yeah. Yeah. With his contract no, situation, Ollie. yeah. Yeah. You say no, I, I no. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I, I I understand why. But if listen, if we keep him until January, and even if he doesn't particularly do anything too great, if he gets a couple of goals come January, it might be useful to us. I just one point five million to me just I understand the importance for this kind of money, but I wouldn't accept anything less than free. Um, it's profit, but I just think it could work in our favour if we did keep him. But I, again, we we don't know because we, he hasn't played. You know, if he if he ends up playing for, against Norwich tomorrow, and he puts in a good little performance, well, and, and we see that he wants to play, he wants to do well, then I think we should reconsider that. But. Again, we don't know what's going on. As far as I'm aware, he's off. And but two million, I can't go. It's two million. It's it's not it's not pocket change. So, but then let's say let's say we keep him January. Like you say, let's say he's been a sort of bit part player, not like a permanent starter. He's got a few goals. We've kind of been meh, cool. He's not going to sign a new deal. We're in an Asai Samuel situation where we're sort of desperate for someone to give us like three hundred grand to get anything for him. I just think it's a gamble that might be worth taking. I, I... I think it's like if he didn't have the injury record, I'd agree with you, Wally. But the fact that yeah. he's so unreliable, like in the sense that his hamstring could go at any any moment, like I would just take the money and run. I get what you're saying, though, Wally. To a, to a degree, is that he could, if on board and on form, he could easily score another 10, 10, 12 goals a season and keep us up. And yes, we lose him for free, but he will stay up because if he does do that. He's definitely not going in January, right? Because why would yeah. he? Right, he'll wait until the summer where he get a bigger deal, a bigger club, continuous form. Like he's not gonna. Do you know what I mean? He's, he wouldn't. The, the better he does, the more likely he goes for a free. I think. Yeah, it's hard, really, isn't it? Because, <laughs> I mean, there's two positive scenarios. One, the positive is that he keeps us up. The other positive being that we managed to somehow convince him to sign an extension for a year and then sell him for more. Um, it won't happen, mate. Not no way. Way. <laughs> it, 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 I mean, it won't happen, but that's the only other positive. Um, or we just get a couple of mil for him, which 
we won't re, you know people seem to think if we get a couple more we re- reinvest it we won't this is we're coming to the end of an ffp cycle the more money we get and don't spend the better so it's it's i i, I don't know it's a mess at the moment it's a problem QPR. you've got it's the biggest problem you've got is i think it's not so much will it go it is will it go but it's also you lose you get a bid for chair in the last few days of the window and then you're at real panic stations over i think because well that, you'd that like to is think... but mm. we're you're in a much better uh bargaining position if you've already sold willock for two if someone yeah. comes let's say we don't sell willock well let's say so borough come in this week two mil we go nah and they go fine we'll move on to somebody else because we've got loads of money and we weren't sure about his fitness then Everybody knows we've got financial problems and we've got to sell someone. So Leicester come in on the last day being like, oh, here's three and a half mil for Ilias Chair. We know he's worth potentially double than that, five, six, but we know you're screwed. Then we'd be like, as a business, we'd have to take it. I think that kind of money. I think that would be the case if we hadn't lost Senny and Dickie the start of the, of the window. I don't feel like we're yeah maybe in in the predicament of oh we have to accept anything like that. I feel like with them going, it's given us a little bit of a wiggle room because we've re- apparently we re- rejected yeah. a lower bid, didn't we, for Willock from another club? So yeah. we can't. We are in. We need to make as much money as possible this window. Did you listen to Clive last week? We we you know. We have to, like, yeah, but we're not, we're not, but it's, but it's not selling them at the cheap budget price, is it? We're not, well, we're, so, des- we're, we're not so desperate, we've got to accept the bare minimum for them. No, but the, the more that I mean, if you're borough, if I'm borough, I'm just waiting till the end of the window to see what I, have, what I can get Willock for, you know, what I can say with chair. That's these clubs will probably be waiting. The reality is, we need we need to sell, right? We Feel. need Eze to sell. Yeah, yeah. Cool. we need Spurs, Spurs coming for Eze. Right? <laughs> so we will do, and that's the reality, right? Well, I like it, and we can hold out for as much as possible. But actually, the more we hold out, the the, the poor the poor position we're in come the end of the window, I think. So I don't know. It's all it's all nothing for us to worry about, I guess. But um, I I think the point is we're going to sell one, if not two, of these of of the players. I think, but it all depends on who's interested and who isn't, right? But if we don't sell any of them. I don't know who else we're going to bring in. It's going to be cheap loans for the prem youngsters, you know, like that Fulham lad. We've certainly required, yeah, yeah, like you know, cheap loans is all we can afford at the moment. I mean, it'd be interesting but, to see yeah. if um, Southampton come in for any of our players once once obviously War Prowse has gone. That Lavea is going. I don't think right. they will. I think it's the opposite. I think it does the opposite. The more money they get, the less chance they're going to probably buy our players. I think. Yeah, but. They might, but they might want to reinvest that money in a few players and build up a squad that's going to then challenge for the league. So they might think, oh, Elias Chair, he's established in this level. He's potentially okay on set pieces. Elias Chair, quickly, on Elias Chair, I don't know what your views are. He had a better game on Saturday. He just doesn't look himself, though, does he? I don't know, it's just me, just his vibes. It's just his, you know, he wasn't, you know, he he puts it in, he's hard-working, he's good, he's... You know, as good as players we've got, I think talent wise, well, definitely. I just don't, I don't know. I don't even know if anyone's picking up the vibe. I, I feel yeah. like he knows. And he's off. I, I think he's gone, to be honest. And I think he probably knows that as well. I think Gareth's probably potentially told him, like, if a bid does come in, it will be likely that we accept it. And, you know, he's been at this club a long time. And I think 
the loyalty he's shown to us is 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 great enough. But I think he's earned his move, and you know, if we get five six million for him, we we thank him for his efforts and and cheerio. I think maybe he might be in a situation where he doesn't know where his future lies. There's talks of moves abroad. There's talks of you know uh, Leicester. I think you know if I was you know at Tesco's and I had the Sainsbury's and Asda were interested in me, I think it would turn my head as well. Do you know what I mean? So. <laughs> Think I can understand what supermarket at QPR in Aldi mm. farm food. I did it. We're like happy shopper, though, aren't we? Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! But if if he is in that position, then he'll always keep putting the effort in. Like, and that, mm. that I kind of feel that's all we can ask. If he's still yeah, absolutely being a, like great around the training ground, like pre-game, during games still showing his quality even in away games where we're not going to have a lot of the ball and he's not going to be getting 40, 50 touches a game, but will do the job that he needs to do, then great. Like, that's that's what we require. Um, yeah, but then it's up to, if he then does go, someone else to fill that void. Um, and that's the the concern, isn't it? If, when we were to get to that position. Any posit any more like on Saturday? Anything else anyone noticed? Any posit any more well, positives? We've we've barely mentioned? barely touched on Paul Smith and oh, like, good, the, yeah. the amazing work rate for his the setup for the Armstrong goal. But that wasn't the first time he'd done that. He terrorised their left back all for the first half, especially. Like yeah. he was constant threat for us down that right hand side. Because what you could do is what what the good thing about that what, playing that formation with him there is that that. Kekai can move over quite quickly, and like that, that move over is quite—it feels quite smooth. Like him getting further forward, and us moving over. Um, so that—that's that, why I think that that side works really well. But it's pace, isn't it? We always say it. I don't know, like especially away from home, pace just just kills kills us every time we play against it. Yeah, but the goal was just him chasing down. Like a like a, a ball, like it was like normally you wouldn't even think any of our players would chase that down. He gambled that the defender was going to like dally on it, got in, got it, and got the, got the goal or well, got the assist. But I saw a heat map for him, and he was literally it was literally on the like side on the he's white line. Hugged, yeah. He's hugged that whole the side of the pitch like he's been as wide as possible the whole game, which I think we haven't had recently. Like the last few seasons, we've been quite narrow, quite compact, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, we've generally relied on our fullbacks, haven't we, to to push on. Um the thing I wanted to bring up is um the fact that obviously a win, amazing. The fact that it was a win against I've almost mentally disregarded the table and there's a table of six teams that we've just got to beat three of them. Like so these are these are the top six in terms of like relegation odds. Plymouth, Rotherham, Huddersfield, Sheffield Wednesday, Cardiff and us. If we can get points off those teams away, or at least if you can get three points versus each of them across the season, then that obviously gives you a building block. And it's kind of like, right, the teams who are going to be around us and the other poor teams do well against them as a as a, as a kind of starting block. And then we'll see how we do against yeah. their like yeah. other teams. But don't want to kind of be in a position where we're, 35 games in and being like, God, we lost. We've got one point versus Rotherham and Huddersfield did us again like every season. You can beat the other 
basically crap teams, then be grateful Peterborough in there. <laughs> I'd put Plymouth top top half. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, I don't understand their odds. They won't be in this. Yeah, um, they've made some good signings. Yeah, it's that, they won't it's be that, there. They've. It's that bounce, isn't it? You always at least two of the three that come up always carry on that winning mentality, don't they? I think Sheffield Wednesday yeah. will struggle. I think the funny yeah. thing is every, everyone forgets Plymouth won the league. But Plymouth won League One. Yeah. Like everyone raves about Ipswich, but Plymouth were the team who actually won the league. And they look quality Ipswich as well, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's gonna be a tough game on Saturday. Um I Yeah, mean, that, it's like the number one team I would not want to play after a positive uh positive performance and a positive mentality, because now we are playing uh so statistically they were the best League One team ever, despite <laughs> the fact they didn't win the league. Their goal difference was oh, the second uh, <laughs> that I made, heard it on a betting podcast. They were just talking about how amazing Ipswich were. Their goal difference was only second in the whole country to Man City. And that might have been across Europe as well, from memory. Um, it'd be basically based on their, their XG, like chances created, their um, XG against. Like they're ridiculously good defensively. And wait till people realise that it's Massimo Luongo. Leading them midfield. They love him there. Yeah. Oh, he's and Don Ball coming off the bench. Well, if he ever gets minutes, but he's yeah. still there. But the, and the thing is, you know, like, it's our first home league game of the season. We've just come in off the bounce like, bounce off the Cardiff's game. Um, you know, we're going to be, everyone's going to be there at the ground, absolutely buzzing. Five minutes in, we're going to go one nil down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just no That's negativity coming in again, no, though. No. I was I'm saying it with a smile, though. You said to keep smiling. <laughs> true, true, true. Quickly then, lads, the cup, cup game on Wednesday before then. Um, I've, I, for one, don't want to see anybody playing me. I know, I, I know, it's just, I know we want a nice cup run, it'd be nice, but I, I can't mean, be bothered with any more injuries. I'm getting fed up with it. Like, just rest some of these. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to see Cook, Box. When we spoke to before the start of the season, he said he's going to take the cup seriously this year. Um, I'm hoping he's changed his mind. <laughs> don't don't do it. He Does spoke to West London Sport though? today and basically said, um, along the lines of, oh, I would like to have a go in them, but the league comes first and I've got to be sensible. Words to that effect. Like I said to you boys earlier earlier today, we've, we talk about how our, let's say, youth players or those who are on the fringe don't get opportunities or we don't do the right loans to give them minutes and then they suddenly like Gubbins gets thrown in completely at the deep end against Watford we kind of know he's not good enough but he's just a centre-back so he has to play these are the games you play them in you play them 90 minutes and you go right yeah we're playing another championship team who will rotate as well but give him experience so you play Walsh in goal he'll probably I don't know if you play Archer but I just don't really see how that benefits him as an individual like, give Walsh 90 minutes, give Gubbins 90 minutes, Drew 90 minutes, Duke McKenna, um, Taylor Richard to play, Dixon Bonner. But what you said, said don't, you said yeah, don't know, play anyone. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. But he won't. You can't not do that. My point is, my point was a bit tongue in cheek. Like, I want to do that, but I'm, you know, you've got, if you do that and you go and lose five or six, no, you're just, you're back in the same place again. This is the other challenge that he's got, isn't it? Because, it's a mentality thing. It's a, we're trying to shift that, and but I get it that we just don't well, have Cole, a squad. Colback's got to start, hasn't he? Surely you've got to give Colback <laughs> sixty minutes. 
on Wednesday night. No. Yeah, he, 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 needs, he needs to play, doesn't he? He needs to play. You might as well start and give him the hour. And... Yeah. Sorry, Ollie, mate. No, no, I was, I was agreeing with you. I agree. Colback's got to play. Richards as well. Yeah. I think we'll see Richards. I think we'll see... Um, Who will play at the front? Kilman? Oh, fucking hope not. <laughs> there was, was rumours that he was... He was uh, another, was it Orient's game or something? Orient, I don't know if he was yeah. injured and he yeah. went there. I don't know. But, you know... Is that him just sulking that he wasn't picked for the weekend? Because he was dropped. Well, well, Ainsworth did him no favours, I don't think. But no, I mean, he, he was like a deer in the headlights. We've always spoke about it at Watford. It's a bit unfair for him when it first game of the season, number 10 roll. <laughs> you know, it was a bit <laughs> difficult for him. Um, I don't know, who else can you play, really? <laughs> this is how I, like the squad is. As much as I, I would want Armstrong to play to get that, keep that run going, I'd rather he didn't. I'd rather Dykes played. Yeah. yeah I'd rather save Armstrong, save Armstrong for the weekend. He yeah. needs to have that bit of game management where he's not playing every single game. He does. But he he does need his. I know I'm a bit like he needs minutes and God, I, just, I don't know. It's one of them, isn't it? I feel like I'm sure there's a medical professional at the club who's like, look, he can't. Like he's got 20 minutes on him on Tuesday compared to he's got 75 on Saturday. If you if you keep him, that kind of. Well, this is the thing. Like, this is what we had the whole of last season with him. Like he'd come in, do his cameo. We'd be like, oh look, he looks decent. Like why isn't he getting more games? And then you go missing we'd for rest three or four him games. Yeah. Because we'd rest him or not play him again, then bring him in, and then he's explosive again. And he's, I don't know, I just feel like, uh, I don't know, I'm no it's, expert. It's, it's different because he's a young lad, but he's a big lad. So they've got to manage him because he, like you said, he is, he is explosive. That's where he's more likely to do hamstrings, all those kind of things. Yeah. Do you think we be a good one? I want to see him properly in a proper competitive game because it, it did look all right at Watford. I think Watford have completely slowed the, you know, um, the pedal off. Do you reckon Collie will get a game? He was on the bench for Cardiff. I reckon so. he might get some minutes. He's looked impressive. Yeah, I'd, I'd hope so. I mean, this is yeah. the one where you. I know I've kind of reeled off all the like younger players or fringe players you'd play. If you want to, let's say, demonstrate you have a, a clearer path to the first team, if it's not in the first round League Cup game, I just don't really understand where it is. There aren't going to be many get many league games where we're like, oh. We're in pretty comfortable position now. Yeah. We can give minutes That's here to anybody. Right. Let's have a couple of academy players on the on the bench just in case we're freeing them up at half time. <laughs> yeah, but there'd be twenty five minutes added on, and then oh, yeah, we wouldn't true. be able to bring him on anyway. I uh, would say it's sort of fit, but I just I don't know. He's, he's a bit like Tyler Roberts. You see, he's out for another month. <laughs> yeah, and I saw all the all the Birmingham fans absolutely loving Ethan Laird who's traditionally amazing in sort of August and September, we'll see kind of what everybody thinks about him in uh, sort of November time. Um, it's getting cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, lads, what do we reckon then quickly? Do we reckon two games, you've got Ipswich, Norwich, any, this new air of confidence? Oh... I think I think we might do over Norwich. I think we might beat them. They looked really good against Southampton at the weekend, but I have a feeling they might have seen that and rest a few players. I reckon we might scrape, maybe on. I just think we might we might get away with it. Um, Ipswich, I think we'll lose, but I'll take a point. One of your. Um, I reckon we're going to make too many changes on Wednesday and we'll lose, and I. Can't see us getting a result against Ipswich as hard as it is to say after the Cardiff game. I just feel 
they're going to be at a different level to Cardiff were. And I just think we're going to struggle. Yeah, I think we'll, uh, I think we'll lose both, to be honest, in, in different manners. Um, Ipswich, are, they're already one of the best teams in this league. Like, I kind of don't want to have this ultimate defeatist attitude, but like, I'm not, I'm not going to judge this team, QPR, against that, against Ipswich at home, like, or a Leicester at home. Like, those, those to me are that sort of turn up not expecting anything, and we're going to see a great team against us. Just try, just basically 25 minutes where you don't concede. And like, could we possibly score a second half goal at the left? Like, well, whilst I that. agree, Chris, I just at home form that's another challenge that Gareth's got. It's trying to, I mean, he's got to end this run. I don't know where it's, you know, do you know what I mean? What is it? One win in 20 games at home? Oh, is it or five, it six is? goals at the loft all season? You know, it's, it's, it's something we've got to get over, really. We've got to get nip that in the bud quickly, we can't let that drag on. Well, we won one game at home in 2023, haven't we? That was what? It's crazy, mate. It's crazy. Um, um, and before that, it was positive. a game in October. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think I think we've got to win. I think we. There's no. I think there's no reason we can't. Be, I know Ipswich look good, but I still don't. You know, take a draw. But I, I still think we've got a chance. And I oh, I'd bite someone's hand off for a draw right now. But um, yeah, there's. I'm going with the attitude of if I think we're going to lose. And then we get a draw or a win. I'm absolutely over the moon because I wasn't expecting it. Whereas if we do lose, I kind of thought that was going to happen anyway. So my mood doesn't get any lower. Oh, mine does. <laughs> don't know about anyone else. All right, lads, cool. Oh. Thanks for coming on. A bit more of a positive pod. Don't try to ruin it at times, but we stayed on course. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we'll, catch, we'll catch up next week. Hopefully we'll have a good couple of results. And um, thanks for everyone continuing to listen. You are. You are. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.